shall we pray? Father Lord, we thank you for a night such as this. We thank you for the shepherds come. We thank you for prayer life. We thank you for the leadership. We thank you for the sons and daughters. Father, tonight is the fourth lesson of the shepherds come. We pray. Speak to the hearts of your people. Speak through me and speak for me. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Everybody sing it now. Say you. Mm. Silence and solitude. Silence and solitude. Silence and solitude. Why is it so important? Why do we need to talk about silence and solitude? Hmm. Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Matthew chapter 6 verse 6 But you when you pray go into your room silence and solitude has to do with prayer But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. The secret place. Your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you pray, go into your room. Does it mean every single time we need to enter into our rooms before we can pray? No. That is not what the Bible is saying. This is not what Jesus is saying. That is not what he meant. You, when you pray, go into your room. Your room is your private place. Your room is your secret place. And the Lord is saying, when you pray, go into your secret place. A place of solitude. A place of silence. That is what Jesus meant. Go into your room. Go into a solitude place and go into a place of silence. 
where you are cut off from the entire world, where you are cut off from everyone else, where you are cut off from your friends, where you are cut off from your wife, where you are cut off from your family, where you can be alone. Go into your room. And when you have shut your door, you shut your door to make the place, to have the place all to yourself. You shut the door to keep people from looking into the room. You shut the door to keep people from listening to what you are saying. Shut your door and pray to your father who is in the secret place. Silence and solitude. During silence and solitude, you stop doing anything, you stop producing, you stop pleasing others, you stop scrolling through YouTube, you stop entertaining yourself, you stop obsessing over your life, you stop worrying about the affairs of this life, you stop thinking about the issues you are going through, you stop anything else that is in a form of distraction. Silence and solitude. You shut the door, you leave your troubles outside, you shut the door, you leave your sickness outside, you shut the door, you leave your problems outside, you shut the door, you leave the family outside, you shut the door, you leave everyone else outside. Silence and solitude. That is the place where you go to be alone. The place where you go to be all by yourself. The place where you go to cut out distractions from your life. The place where you go where there are no distractions around. Silence and solitude. The whole point of this silence and solitude is for you to have the fullness of attention when you are communing with God it's for you to have the fullness of attention when God is speaking to you when God is revealing things to you when God is speaking mysteries to you Jesus needs you to have all the silence and solitude that is why some of us when we are on the bus and we need to pray we put the earpiece in our ears so that we can create an atmosphere of silence and solitude so that we can pray and be fully focused on what we are doing be cut off from the noises from the bus the noises of the flight the noises that people will be shouting in the buses and and, and hawkers will be saying on the streets so that we can have the and create the atmosphere of silence and solitude in order to focus on what we are doing silence and solitude to have the fullness of attention in what you are doing silence and solitude if you want to experience the highest possible percentage 
of efficiency in your prayer then you need to harness the power of silence and solitude you do not pray where there are distractions you do not pray where there are things that are intimidating you you do not pray in an atmosphere of noise you do not pray in an atmosphere where everybody wants to be a part of what you are doing just to get you out of it no Learn to harness the power of silence and solitude where you learn to cut out distractions from everything. Silence and solitude. Are we together? Times that you need silence and solitude. Times that you need silence and solitude number one when everybody is sleeping when everybody is sleeping that is an opportunity to harness the power of silence and solitude Mark chapter 1 verse 35 Mark chapter 1 verse 35 Very early in the morning While it was still dark Jesus got up Watch carefully While it was still dark Jesus got up Jesus was the only one who got up Everybody else was sleeping that is a time that you need to harness the power of silence and solitude while it was still dark very early in the morning jesus got up he left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed Listen Everybody was sleeping And Jesus got up To harness the power Of silence and solitude While it was still dark Very early in the morning If you are able to wake up At 3am in the morning That is the opportunity to harness the power Of silence and solitude when you wake up at 4, at 5, before daylight, make sure you learn to harness the power of silence and solitude. When everybody else is sleeping, at midnight, learn to harness the power of silence and solitude. And that is why we are doing midnight vigil. Wednesday is 12 a.m. Every Wednesday. When everybody else is sleeping, we stay up to pray that we can harness the power of silence and solitude. There are no distractions. There are no noises. There are, not, there are no disturbing neighbors. No. Silence and solitude. Jesus practiced this. Jesus harnessed the power of silence and solitude. While it was still dark, he got up, left the house, went off to the, to the solitary place, and he prayed. Now, this is where many of you fall short. Many of you, 
Many of you can create your own solitary place, but you do not go there to pray. You do not go there to do anything spiritual. You go there to worry. You go there to cry. You go there to weep over things that are happening in your life. When you say you need time to yourself, that is not the time that you are going to build up yourself. But it is only the time that you are setting apart to worry over the things you are going through. Jesus went to the solitary place to pray, but you go there to worry about the issues of this life. Are we together? When you have silence and solitude, you better pray when you are there. Do not be there worrying about issues, troubles, conditions, the things you have lost, your boyfriend, your your man, your, your, your woman. Come on. You could be doing better. Worries will never change the mind of God. Worries will never bring to an end the attacks of the adversary. What you ought to do is to pray and harness the power of silence and solitude. You can be doing better than you are doing Many of us worry too much and yet in much worrying there is no change. The only thing that can bring change is the power of prayer, is the power of prayer, is the power of prayer. Silence and solitude. Silence and solitude. Harness the power of silence and solitude. Jesus did it. If it worked for Jesus, then it will work for you. If it worked for Jesus, then it will work for Mary. If it worked for Jesus, then it will work for Prissy. If it worked for Jesus, then it will work for Great Sam. You better harness the power of silence and solitude. You could be doing better than this. When you were alone, you cry. When you were alone, you worry. When you were alone, you think about all of these things. When you need to harness the power of silence and solitude. If you are going to be a great leader, then you need to learn how to tap into the power of silence and solitude. Tap into it. Luke chapter 4 verse 42. At daybreak... Jesus went out to a solitary place. Again, Jesus went out to a solitary place. He secluded himself. He separated himself that he can have silence and solitude where he can commune with his God. The people were looking for him and when they came to where he was, the Bible said they tried to keep him from leaving them. Follow carefully. The people tried to keep him from leaving them. That stands to reason that the people in your life will always try to keep you from silence and solitude. The people you are working with will always try to keep you out of silence and solitude. Your friends and family will always try to keep you out of silence and solitude. And yet that is what you need to advance. That is what you need to commune with God. That is what you need to upgrade 
pray to the next level that is what you need to receive blessings of the Lord and to receive instructions for, of the Lord these are the times where you need to pay attention to silence and solitude because Jesus did it and just as it happened the Bible said the people around Jesus they tried to keep him from leaving them your sisters will always try your brothers will always try sometimes your wife will try your husband will try to keep you out of silence and solitude but do not listen to them you need it the power of silence and solitude and the people tried to keep him from leaving them verse 43 and Jesus said I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent many of you do not know why you are called many of you do not know why you have been sent many of you do not know why they have given you the position they have given you and that is why you act anyhow you do things anyhow and that is why you always allow people to negatively influence you and that is why you are always a victim of peer pressure and that is why you are always at the mercy of others and that is why people are always imposing themselves and their opinions over you Jesus said I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns. That is why I was sent. Why has God called you? Why are you here tonight? Why are you a part of the shepherds? Why are you a pastor in this ministry? Why are you a part of prayer life? You don't know? No wonder you are doing things anyhow. You don't know. Why did you enroll as a camper? Why? Why? Why do you have the strong edge to be a part of the move of God? Why? Why are you willing to be under the covering of this ministry? Why? Why are you here? If you don't know why you are here, you are not going anywhere until you understand why you are sent. You will never understand the relevance of your calling. 
signs that you need to harness the power of silence and solitude. Number one, when everybody is, is still sleeping in the night at dawn, before daylight, make sure you harness the power of silence and solitude. Jesus did it. Number two, before starting anything new, before starting something new you must harness the power of silence and solitude before starting something new Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was led up into the desert. He was led up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Why? Because he was about to start his ministry. So he was sent to a, a solitary place. He was sent to a place of silence that he can learn to harness the power of silence and solitude. Jesus was just about starting his ministry. You are in ministry. You are a song minister. You are a preacher. You are part of the prayer tower. And yet, you never harness the power of silence and solitude. You are just there. You are just blown by the wind. You go left, you go right. By any kind of doctrines. Just being tossed to and fro. And yet, you claim you are in the ministry. You claim you are a leader. You claim you are a minister. And you do not know what it takes to harness the power of silence and solitude Jesus did it even Jesus he did it how much more you you are always in a company of people you are always in a group you are always with your clique you are always with your squad you pray together you fast together you eat together you take your baths together listen There were times, even though Jesus was with the 12 disciples, there were times that he left them to, to harness the power of silence and solitude. He's your friend, and so what? He's my guy, and so what? She's my woman, and so what? Practice silence and solitude before you start anything new, especially your ministry. John the beloved John the beloved of Jesus Christ Was banished by Rome To the island of Patmos Where he wrote the book of Revelation Now think about it The only reason John received The book of Revelation Was because he was banished To the place The island called Patmos And that is the reason He developed the ability To write the book of Revelation Revelation chapter 1 verse 9 Revelation chapter 1 verse 9 I John Both your brother And companion In the tribulation 
and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. John, he was casted out onto the island of Patmos. He was exiled onto the island of Patmos. He lost his original glory. He lost his original position. He lost his place or the place of respect. He lost where people cared about him. He was thrown out of town into a land called Patmos. John. And instead of crying, he said, I was in the spirit. He stayed in the spirit on the island of Patmos. He was not worried. He was not in tears. He was not weeping. He was constantly in the spirit practicing and harnessing the power of silence and solitude because he knew even through the worst things, there could be a hidden blessing blessing somewhere and he did not give up. He did not give in. He stayed in the spirit. He kept on praying even though he was in a dark place. He kept on pushing up until the Bible said one good day the Lord Jesus Christ appeared unto me and he told me to write these things and that is where we got the book of Revelation from. The island called Patmos. A man was thrown into the place of criminals. A man was abandoned in a solitary place. A man was left alone to die. And yet, he knew that he could harness the power of silence and solitude. John was not crying. He was not in tears. He was not worried about his future. His focus was on God. His focus was on God. Even though he was exiled, his focus was on God. You didn't have money to pay your fees. And that is all. You want to stop serving God. A man was fried in oil. And yet he kept on focusing on God. Where was God when he was in the oil? And yet when he came out of the oil, he still focused on God. You feel like God has abandoned you. You feel like the Lord is not with you. You feel like God has failed you. Come on. Christians today, we want this. God, we want that. God, we want that. Listen. Even when you are left alone to die on the island of Patmos, you can still focus on God to an extent that you'll be given one of the greatest books of all time, the book of Revelation, with hidden mysteries that are incomparable with anything else. Money is not coming. And so what? 
your business is not moving and so what your salary is not good enough and so what you do not have money and so what your bank account is empty and so what your mother is still sick and so what your father is still sick and so what keep on focused on God whether he has worked for you or not whether he has favored you or not whether he is still with you or not let your focus be on God silence and solitude when things happen be silent and when you feel like you are in that in that solitary place let your focus be on God let your focus be on God let your focus be on God even though you are not sure what is going to happen tomorrow even though you are not sure what is going to happen next week even though you are not sure what is going to happen at the end of the month let your focus be on God I serve a God who has never failed I serve a God who will never fail I serve a God who has no record of failure this God, He is the greatest of all. He is higher than your troubles. He is higher than your problems. He is higher than the things you are going through. Listen, that issue is too small for God. Learn to harness the power of the silence, of solitude. Keep your focus on Christ. And the Bible said, the people of Israel did something against God, and God in his anger, he sent serpent, venomous serpent, to bite them. And the people were dying. The people were dying. The people were in great anguish. And they were crying. They were like, oh God, why is the God of Israel? Lord, have mercy on your people. Oh God, why? For how long must we suffer these things? Oh God, why? And the Bible said, all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to Moses. Spoke to Moses and said, Moses, make a great serpent. A bronze serpent in a statue form that when the people give their focus on that serpent regardless of what they are going through regardless of the amount of venom in their blood regardless of the pain they are in if only they can focus on that bronze serpent then they shall be healed and the Bible said as many as were focused on the serpent they were healed even though uh, they were still being bitten by snakes, uh, they focused on the bronze serpent. Uh, even though uh, they were still uh, going through challenges, uh, their focus uh, was on the bronze serpent. Uh, even though uh, they were lying uh, in the abyss of serpent, uh, the abyss of snakes, uh, the abyss uh, of people you cannot trust, uh, their focus was on God, uh, was on that bronze serpent. Uh, and as much as uh, their focus stayed there, God did a miracle for them. Let us have. I came to speak to somebody. If you can focus on God in that solitary place, if you can focus on God in that loneliness, if you can focus on God in that place you are standing right now, then there shall be a great miracle in your life. There shall be a massive miracle.
miracle in your life. I wish I was speaking to the church. I prophesy over your life that from tonight you will develop the ability to harness the power of silence and solitude. Never feel alone. Never allow that loneliness to overwhelm you. Never allow yourself to be victimized by the issues of this life. There is a God. There is a God. There is a God. He speaks in silence. He speaks in the solitary places. He speaks in the place of loneliness. He speaks in the place where there are no voices. There is a God. Am I preaching? When John was exiled, after being fried in oil, he was left to die on the island of Patmos. Instead of weeping, instead of crying, instead of worrying, he said, I was in the spirit on the day of the Lord, and I received the word of God. That is the book of Revelation. So if John had not been thrown into a solitary place, he, if he had not been thrown onto that wilderness, we would never have had the book of Revelation. There is a blessing in what you are going through. There is a blessing in that mess. There is a blessing in that trouble. There is a blessing in that case. My God. Do not give up yet. Learn to harness the power of silence and solitude. Before you start anything new in your life, before you start a business, before you start your ministry, before you start a relationship, before you start anything new, practice silence and solitude. Point three. Before making important decisions, practice silence and solitude. Times that you need to harness the power of silence and solitude. Number three, before making important decisions. Listen to me. Luke chapter 6 verse 12. Luke chapter 6 verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that Jesus went out to the mountain to pray. Jesus went out to a solitary place to pray. He was only going there to pray. That meant that over time, he would return. But watch what happened. The Bible said, All of a sudden, he continued all night in prayer to God. Wow. He was only going to the mountain to pray. In those days, 
he went to the mountain to pray but before he realized he continued all night in prayer to God wow for a man to have an all night all by himself these days these days the saints will gather for an all night and then there are people in there who are sleeping the saints have gathered they are worshiping they are praying they are praising god they are jumping and then others are sleeping in those days a man could have an all night all by himself god bless you dear a man could have an all night all by himself and he continued in prayer all night to god why did jesus continue praying all night why verse 13 and when it was day he prayed till morning those of you who speak against our style of prayer those of you who speak against the many tongues that we speak in you do not know what you are talking about because jesus the greatest of all the bible said he prayed and he went to the mountain to pray and all of a sudden he continued all night and the bible said he returned the following morning what do you think he was doing there he prayed all night he prayed all night he spoke in tongues all night he prayed until the breaking of the day and the bible said when it was day he called his disciples to himself from them he chose 12 who also named whom he also named apostles are we together the reason jesus prayed all night was because he was going to choose the 12 disciples because he was going to make a very important decision and he needed to be in accordance to the will of god and by that reason the bible said he prayed and continued praying all night and he came back and he chose the 12 disciples after praying all night these days we make the decisions to marry on whatsapp we make the decisions to marry on facebook these days we make important decisions life-threatening decisions via text messages when even jesus himself made those decisions whilst he was practicing the power of pilots and solitude Papa, I love him. I think that that's it. Once I love him, that's what matters. Love is what matters. Do you have much love than Jesus Christ when he is praying all night just to choose 12 men and you are telling me love is what matters? Why did Jesus have to pray? Why did Jesus have to pray? If love is what matters, why did Jesus have to pray? And he prayed all night before he chose them. 
We are joking these days. Fathers of today, we see sons, we see daughters. Just by the, the their manner of speaking, just by their manner of dressing, we accept them or we select them and give them positions in our ministry just because of their seeds just because of their offerings just because of their tithes we would never do that until God has proven it until the Holy Spirit has confirmed it and reaffirmed it we will never do that Jesus prayed all night to make an important decision. No wonder marriages today are falling. No wonder marriages today are falling apart. No wonder there are broken homes everywhere. The greater percentage of the people today have suffered broken homes. We make choices without prayer. We made important decisions without prayer. We leave out the aspect of prayer. And when you talk about prayer, people don't want to hear it. When you talk about prayer, they think you are disturbing them. When you talk about prayer, they are not interested. We plan. I am not saying we should root out planning. Planning is one of the most important things in life. You must always have a plan and you must always plan ahead of time. But planning is not enough. No matter how well you plan, if you do not involve prayer, your plan will last but for a while. Your plan will last but for a time. These days, the richest men on the surface of this earth are still losing their wives. You think money is what is going to keep your marriage? You are joking. There are people who have who have had money, they have seen money, they have worked on money, they have lived with money, and yet they are divorced. Money will not do it. And if you plan, you do not plan better than these men because one of the reasons they are successful is because they plan. And yet planning couldn't put their marriage together all those therapy sessions couldn't get it done all those doctor's appointments couldn't resolve the issue all those things that they have been through those recommendations that they have received from experts yet it was never enough prayer 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 is what you need a leader who doesn't pray will not be successful in this area of work. I told you yesterday, this work of the ministry is a militarized work. It is all about developing the mindset of a soldier. You, you, you have to develop the character of a soldier. You must stand firm. You, mu you must be unmovable. You must be immovable. No matter what comes your way, you must keep on pressing on. No matter what the situation is, you must keep on going. No matter what comes your way, you must learn to leap over it. Because this work is 
hard. The Bible said you must learn to endure hardship. Endure hardship. Never leave out prayer as a leader. Never leave out prayer as a Christian. Never leave out prayer as a wife. Never leave out prayer as a husband. Never leave out prayer. If you do not pray, your marriage will fail. I'm telling you. Your marriage will not be successful because of your techniques. Because of your romance, because of how handsome you are, because of how beautiful you are, because of how much money you have, it doesn't matter. It will still fail. The only binding force in marriage is the force of prayer. The force of prayer. The force of prayer. Shout the force of prayer. So before making important decisions Harness the power of silence and solitude. Number four. Times that you need to practice silence and solitude. Number four. When you need to recharge. When you need to recharge. My God. When you need to recharge. Listen. Listen. Hmm. This point is very specific. That is why I'm taking my time. Especially for ministers. Listen to me. Hmm. Especially for ministers. Those of you who minister the word of God. Those of you who lay hands of people on, on, on people. Those of you who preach the word. Those of you who heal people through prayer. Listen. This point is for you. Listen to me. Sometimes, after a two-hour service of a massive encounter, I mean me, myself, sometimes I have to sit numb unable to move unable to feel unable to respond normally 
usually after great encounters sometimes i have to sit down numb i cannot do anything i cannot move i cannot stretch i cannot feel i cannot respond normally for about one hour before i can get back on my feet and act normally follow me and this thing has not happened to me once it has happened to me a couple of times throughout my ministry this period of time i personally call the recharge period the recharge period where you sit quietly to recharge and renew your spirit after ministering you cannot do anything you cannot do anything you do not even have appetite you you cannot smell food you cannot reach out to touch anything you can feel yourself breathing you can feel yourself deep in the spirit to an extent that your physical body is not responding to the atmosphere your physical body is not responding to the things of the physical your physical body is not acting like it normally does why because you need to go through the recharge period I have never heard any man of God preaching this. This is the first time I am talking about this. So you better listen to me. Listen. If you are a minister, you need to understand until you get to this place in the ministry, until you get to this level in the spirit, you are not there yet. And when you get here, you are still not anywhere yet. But until you have got it to this level, you are not there yet. I have never heard any man of God saying this. And so I am not giving you another man's message. I am not giving you another man's message. I am giving you what the Lord has revealed to me myself. The Richard period. The Richard period. The Richard period. The Richard period. Mark chapter 6 verse 30. Mark chapter 6 verse 30 The Bible said The apostles gathered around Jesus And reported Jesus Or reported to Jesus Sorry All they had done and taught Listen All they had done and taught If all you are doing in the ministry Is in actions Or is in doing Then it is not enough The Bible said The apostles gathered around Jesus And they reported to him All that they had done and taught Doing is not enough Doing is not enough To please God In your doings You you must learn to teach In your doings You must learn to teach Even if if you are a minister, even if you are a strong minister, you must also learn to teach up in your much doings. It's never enough. Doing is not enough. Doing is not enough. The Bible said they reported to, Je- to Jesus all that they had done and taught. Doing is not enough. 
and that is why there are people in the church today they are always complaining they are saying i did this they are saying i did that they are saying i did this and yet when the time of promotion came they gave it to someone else they are saying i did this in the church i carried that in the church i i lifted these things i cleaned these places and yet uh, they never recognize me they never appreciate me it is never enough to do you must come to the place of teaching are you a shepherd doing is not enough are you a shepherd following is not enough are you a shepherd listening is not enough are you a shepherd singing is not enough are you a shepherd doing is not enough i know i know my people will not like my message all you do is do it's not enough if all you do is do then it's not enough they reported to jesus all that they had done and taught in in your much doings you must also teach who are you teaching you call yourself a shepherd you do not have anybody you are teaching come on you are not doing enough you are not there yet all you do is to join the service all you do is to listen to my preachings in your doings it's never enough they reported to jesus all that they had done and taught verse 31 then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat that is the next thing i am getting to if you are so free in this ministry work that you can eat at any time you can drink at any time you are not there yet anybody who is doing much for god and teaching much in the kingdom of god will never have time to eat will never have time to drink will never have every time to eat no there are times you will never have to eat there are times you will never have to drink there are times that you will have to stay away from eating and drinking are you a disciple you can eat at any time you are not there yet are you a shepherd you can drink at any time you are not there yet are you a leader you can do whatever at any time you are not there yet you are not there yet listen you need to come down because you are not there yet there were so many people that were coming and going that the bible said they did not have a chance to eat that men are so much caught up in the things of the spirit men are so much caught up in the things of the design divine that men are so much caught up in the things of the kingdom of god that they do not have the chance to eat come on as for me i do not joke with my breakfast as for me i do not joke with my lunch as for me i do not joke with my snacks as for me i do not joke with my supper if you end up saying stuff like this it means that you are not doing much for god because anybody who is doing much and teaching much much in the kingdom of God will not have the chance to eat and drink. Is not a choice, is a must. Are we together? I need to say that you are not doing much. In our kingdom, you are not there yet. You are too complacent. Come down. 
I am not talking about miracles. I am not talking about signs. The Bible said, For these signs will follow they that believe. Even they who believe in my name. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. Signs and miracles can follow anybody who believes. Then I have to see and know. Do you understand? The one I want to represent. Your level, your rank in the kingdom of God is not determined by the miracles you can create. It is not determined by these things. There are things that seem lesser in the eyes of men and yet these are the things that are high enough to determine your rank in the kingdom of God. Outside the kingdom you can be the face. You have the chance to eat. Anytime you want to eat you can eat. Whilst doing the work of God. Wow. Then you are not there yet. It means you are not doing much. They did not have the chance. To eat. It is not a choice, it is a must. Pata kata pata kata pata 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 kata pata kata pata kata pata kata pata kata 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 I think I'm getting there. You are nowhere yet. Listen. The Bible said, Jesus said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place or to a solitary place and get some rest. Listen. This is the part I call the recharge period. It is not just as resting, but it is the period where you recharge all spiritual virtues that are deposited in you by God. Those spiritual virtues that you shared with the rest of the people, you need the recharge period to replenish yourself. Jesus, you see, the apostles did not know that. So they were only excited about the part where they were giving to them. They were ministering to them. They were laying hands on them. They were casting out devils. They were creating miracles. They were prophesying to them. They were teaching the people. And they were only excited about these things. They did not know that there was... A mystery called the recharge period. That after doing these things, you must go to the place of silence and solitude to go through the recharge period. Any man of God who doesn't go through the recharge period will have cracks in his vessel. He will have cracks in his his anointing. There will be leakages in his anointing. I'm telling you. After ministering to people, you must go through the recharge period. Not after every single ministration, but usually when the ministrations are very tough, you must go through the recharge period. And because Jesus knew that these guys have done a lot, he said, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place that you can get some rest. In other words, that you can go through the recharge period. Now let me ask you, if Jesus was only referring to a normal rest, why couldn't they have rested with him? 
Why did they need the quiet place to rest? We don't want to see men like trees. This was no normal rest. Jesus was talking about the recharge period. The same thing happened when the woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And the Bible said, Jesus turned back and said, Who touched me? And the disciples said, There are a lot of people around, and you are asking, Who touched you? What, what manner of man are you? My friend, turn back and let's move on. And Jesus said, I said, Who touched me? Because when the person touched me, I felt virtue leave me. I felt virtue leave me. When those virtues leave you, when you minister to people, to a degree, you need to go through the recharge period to replenish them. If you do not, there will be cracks in your vessel. Who told you? Jesus said, virtue left me. I felt that virtue has left me. When you minister to people, virtue keeps leaving you. When you are done ministering to them, you must go through the recharge period to replenish those virtues that left. Every spirit has the recharge period. Angels have the recharge period. Demons have the recharge period. And the reason ministers and men of God and women of God and spiritual people need to go through the recharge period is because they are also spirits. Are we together? Allow yourself to heal after ministering to people. Allow yourself to grow back your virtues after ministering to people. Take the time off to go through the recharge period. I am not talking about sleeping. I am talking about going back into the place, that quiet place, to recharge yourself. When you are done ministering to people, do not leave the spirit instantly. Keep on staying in the spirit until you are fully recharged. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Matthew chapter 14 verse 23. Matthew chapter 14 verse 23 The Bible said And when he had sent the multitudes away He went up on the mountain by himself to pray Jesus was not going through the recharge period himself Because the work that the disciples went to, went to do He was not with them So he had not lost that much virtue do you understand? Now when evening came, he was alone there. <laughs> Watch this. Matthew chapter 14 verse 23. The Bible said, He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Just as in the previous verse, 
in Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 the Bible said sorry in Luke chapter 6 verse 12 the Bible said Jesus went out to the mountain to pray just as in Matthew 14 he went up to the mountain to pray but the difference between Luke chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 4 is that in Luke chapter 6 he continued in prayer all night but in Matthew chapter 6 he stopped praying The reason he continued in prayer was because then he needed to make a very important decision. But in Matthew chapter 14 verse 23, he didn't have any important decision to make. And so after praying for a while, he stopped and the Bible said he was there alone. Are you understanding? When I am talking about silence and solitude, I am not talking about praying all night. I am not talking about praying all day. What I am saying is learning how to harness the power of the silence and solitude when you need to pray three hours. Learn to pray three hours. When you need to pray 16 hours, learn to pray 16 hours. There were times that Jesus only prayed one hour and he stopped. The Bible said he was alone there. He stopped praying. He didn't continue praying all night, but he stopped praying and he was alone there. You do not need to pray all the time. You must also learn to listen to the voice of the Spirit while praying. There are some times you keep quiet and you listen to the Spirit. There are some times you keep on praying. There are some times you only keep quiet and listen to the Spirit. People today, we pray all the time. We never listen to the Spirit. We never listen to the Spirit. We only pray. We only call God and we'll give Him our troubles. We give Him our prayer requests. And when we are done, we, we walk out of the place. If you do that, you are not practicing the power of silence and solitude. It is called silence and solitude for a reason. There are some times you only stay quiet in prayer to hear the instructions God has for you. How will I be able to hear the voice of God and to relay those prophecies to you if all I do is to speak to God? There are some times you shut up and allow God to speak back to you. Are we together? Are we together? Pray, 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 but also learn to stop praying and listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. You can't pray all the time. There are some times you put prayer aside and you listen to the voice of God. Even Jesus went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And now when evening came, he was alone there. He didn't continue praying. He was alone there. He was just there. He was quiet. Listening to what God has for him. There are too many prayer gurus in the church today. We pray too much. The only thing we receive from that prayer is sweat and fatigue. No. There are some times you must stay in prayer for three hours. And the only thing you are doing is listening to the voice of the Spirit of God. Yes, it is a form of prayer. 
The last point. Times you need to practice silence and solitude. Last point. When you are down. When the going gets tough. When the world is against you. When you are going through trials. When you feel like you are drowning in your situations. When you feel like all those deaths are swallowing you up. When you are down, you must learn to practice silence and solitude. Be calm. Be calm. You must learn the art of being calm. You talk too much. My brother, my sister, listen to me. You talk too much. Matthew chapter 26 verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. I need the silence. I need the solitude. Sit here while I go there alone. Sit here. Sometimes you need to tell your wife, sit here whilst I go out there to pray. Sometimes you need to tell your husband, honey, sit here whilst I go there to pray. Sometimes you ought to tell your sons, sit here whilst I go there to pray. Sometimes you need to tell your mother, mommy, sit here. I need the silence. I need the solitude. I need to be by myself, not to cry, not to weep, not to walk. But to pray, oh God. Silence and solitude. Sit here while I go and pray over there. Verse 37. And the Bible said, He took with him Peter, James, and John, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. For the God Himself. Jesus Christ of Nazareth to come to a place of sorrow. It means that your sorrow is understandable. Your deep distress is understandable. Your pain is understandable. Your struggle is understandable. Your confusion is understandable. Your frustration is understandable. Do not look down on yourself because of your sorrow. Do not look down on yourself because of your distress. Because your God, the Lord God of Israel, he also went through a period of sorrow. He also went through a period of deep distress. Sometimes you will cry. Sometimes you will weep. Sometimes you are sorrowful. Sometimes you are in pain. Sometimes you are in agony. It is understandable. You go through it. I go through it. Jesus went through it. Your parents go through it. Your fathers go through it. Your leaders go through it. It is understandable. It is understandable. It is understandable. It is okay to cry. It is okay to shed tears. It is okay to throw up your hands. To say, oh God, why me? Why me? God, why me? God, why is this happening now? How come? 
You are not turning my situation around. How come you are not transforming me? How come I am still facing these challenges? How come nothing is working for me? How come, oh boy? He began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Verse 38. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Even unto death, that stands to reason that even if I was to choose between death and this pain, I would have chosen death because the pain is too much. The pain is too much. The pain is too much. The betrayal is too much. The breakup, the heartbreak is too much. Sometimes it is too much to go. God, and you feel like dying. You feel like dying. You feel like dying. Jesus said, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Even unto death, I feel like dying. Every time before you can pay your fees, you must beg somebody in tears. Every time before you can pay your fees, you must beg somebody in tears. Sometimes your mother will call you, begin to share things with you. And she's not on the other end of the phone call, so she's not seeing it. But the only thing that is on your face are your tears rolling down your cheeks. And you are wishing deep down in your heart that, Lord, I wish I could make a difference. Oh. Sometimes you look into the eyes of your father and you see pain. You see sorrow. And you are wishing, oh God, I wish, Lord, I wish I could make a difference. I wish I could improve their lives, Lord, I wish, but I am incapable sometimes. Oh. You look at the situation in the house. You look at the situation in the family. Sometimes you look at your friends and the benefits they have, the influences they have, the money they have. Even though you are not envious, it brings sorrow into your heart. You are wishing that the Lord brought you to a better place than this. Sometimes we blame our parents Sometimes we blame our fathers For the things we are going through We blame our mothers For the things we are going through Because we do not understand And yet these people Are victims just as us They are weeping just like us They are crying just like us They are in pain just like us They are confused just as us They do not know what to do 
and to us who have lost our parents we blame our conditions on the demise of our parents if daddy were here if mommy were here if my grandpa were still alive if my big brother was still alive sometimes you are sorrowful that is the truth these are the things that we do not address in the church and yet these are the hidden battles that people are facing day in day out deep down they are facing it they are down and they cannot pray they cannot fast they cannot do anything spiritual when these things happen to them they are just on the floor they are just so down nothing is working for them these guys do not know what to do they wish they were dead that was the same thing Jesus was going through and he went a little farther and fell on his face he fell on his face to fall on your on your face to fall on your face is symbolic of how broken you have become when we are in church and everybody is worshiping and they are jumping around and they are praising god and you look at your life and how far the lord has brought you and the only thing you can do is to fall on your face up because it is symbolic of how broken you are how broken you are ah. Jesus fell on his face and he prayed saying oh my father oh my father if it is possible then let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as I will but as you will oh God if it is possible, take the burden of my siblings off of my hands. Take the burden of my family off of my hands. Take the burden of my mother off of my hands. Oh God, if it is possible, take the burden of these people off of me. Lord, it is too much for me to bear. It is too much for me to bear. I cannot do it on my own. Lord, see how far I have come. See how much I am struggling. See the way things are not working up. See even what we will eat tonight. Oh God. You receive a phone call from your mom. Now you must show. When you see your phone ringing. You see your dad calling now, Yamashu, and you are wondering, could this be bad news? Could this be bad news? Could this be bad news? Oh God, oh God, People are going through things, people are going through things, people are struggling. The Bible said he kept on praying for just one hour. One hour. Verse 40. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He found the disciples sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? 
You see, sometimes when a leader goes through these things, the followers are the ones who go through the pressure. The Bible said he came and he said to Peter, What? And there is an exclamation mark. It tells you of Jesus yelling. Listen, when you are reading the Bible, you do not put the emotions into it. When you do that, you will never understand. There is an exclamation mark after the word what? That meant that Jesus yelled, What? Could you not watch with me? Just one hour. Sometimes we put the frustration on the followers. We put the frustration on, on the team, on the team members. We put the frustration on our wives. We put the frustration on our husbands. We put the frustration on our children. And Jesus did the same thing. He, he yelled, what could you not watch with me for one hour? And I believe there were a lot of things that Jesus had in his heart that he wanted to say. But the Bible said, all of a sudden he knew that he was acting that way because he was being overwhelmed by his own emotions. So in verse 41, the Bible said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. What does this mean? It does not mean you will enter into temptation where you do not pray. That is not what it means. This scripture, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation, means that when you are down, the times that you are so down, that is when temptation comes in. And the only force that will give you the capacity to override that temptation is prayer. Are we, are we together? It's not like pray, else you enter into temptation. No, no, no. That's not what it means. It means when you are so down, that is when temptation comes. When you are so low, that is when temptation comes. When things are tough, that is when temptation comes. I had a lady that called me one time. She said, man of God, I am struggling. I am contemplating. I'm trying to choose between these two things. Taking a drug to kill myself or selling my body for money. When she is down, that is when temptation creeps in. When Jesus was hungry, he had not eaten for 40 days, 40 nights. And temptation creeped in. And the devil said, if you are the son of God, why do you not turn this stone into bread? Temptation in the face of loneliness. Temptation in the midst of trials. Temptation in the midst of brokenness. Temptation when you are so low. Pray. Prayer is the only force that will help you override that temptation. Verse 42. And again, a second time, 
he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father. You see, it means that Jesus was still overwhelmed by the emotions. Because when he went back, he prayed the same prayer. It meant that the solution had not been met yet. Some of you pray one hour and you expect to receive answers in that one hour. Even Jesus prayed one hour and still had not received his answers yet. The Bible said he went back a second time and knelt down and prayed, Oh my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, then your way will be done. And he came back again after one hour and he found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy verse 44 the bible said now this time he left them because jesus was a mature leader he was a mature shepherd he, he is the one true shepherd he is the true vine and he is the greatest leader that ever lived and so when he knew that he was giving them pressure pressure because of his own emotions the bible said he came the second time he saw that they were tired and he did not say a single thing and he left them because this time he was not going to allow his emotions to take the best part of him are we together he came back and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy verse 44 and he left them he went away and prayed the third time saying the same words verse 45 then he came to his disciples and said to them listen to this this part is very tricky so pay attention he says are you still sleeping and resting okay <laughs> so in the previous point i said there is a period called the recharge period right there is a period called the recharge period that is the time where a leader a minister must enter or practice silence and solitude to recharge and revive their spirit now jesus came and said are you still sleeping and recharging your spirit <laughs> i don't know if you are getting me are you still sleeping in this secret place or in this place of solitude and recharging your spirit that is to say there is a period of time that you need to recharge your your spirit the fact that you need to go through the recharge period doesn't mean it needs to take all night it doesn't mean it needs to take all day it doesn't mean it needs to take all week it doesn't mean it needs to take all year the disciples were now abusing the recharge period are we together are you getting my point the reason I've taken my time to go through this whole story is because I wanted you to realize that Jesus made two different statements 
concerning the recharge period. He said, are you still sleeping and resting? Are you still going through the recharge period when you are already fully recharged? Please, you do not leave your phone still recharging at 100%. When you get to 100%, that is why you receive a notification that says your phone is fully charged. You need to unplug it and start using the phone. You do not recharge all week. Are we together? So Jesus asked, are you still sleeping and recharging? Behold, the hour is at hand and the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. So when Jesus was broken, when Jesus was down, he did not complain. He did not worry. He cried, but he only cried in the place of silence and solitude. And whilst he was crying, whilst he was sorrowful, whilst he was deeply distressed, he prayed. Unfortunately, you are not praying. You are only crying. You are only weeping. And yet, weeping may endure only a night. Listen, there is a period for weeping. Weeping may endure only a night. You do not extend your period of sorrow. You do not extend your period of sadness. Weeping may endure only a night. Get up and start praying. Get up and start speaking in tongues. Learn to practice and harness the power of silence and solitude. God bless you so much. My name is Vincent Chamatin, and this is the end of the fourth lesson of the Shepherd's Camp. God bless you so much. Bye-bye. So I